This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I want you to take your Bible. We're going to go to Psalms 34, verses 1 through 3. Psalms 34, 1 through 3. This is what the Bible says in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I want to take a few moments and I want to talk to you about smart cookies don't have crummy attitudes. Smart cookies don't have crummy attitudes. Now, we're talking about happy days. Last week, message number one, I would encourage you, if you have not heard it, go back and listen to it. I talked about getting past the past. I talked about unforgiveness. You're not going to have good days in the present and in the future if you haven't dealt with the past. And message number two, today is a very important message. Smart cookies don't have crummy attitudes. I'm going this week to speak at a, a school, Truett McConnell. I'm speaking to the college students there. I don't know exactly what I'm going to preach, but I wish when I was those students' ages, somebody had talked to me about what I'm going to talk to you about today because it has the potential to transform your life. I love this quote by Albert Einstein. He said, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Now, perhaps the most brilliant scientist ever to live. He died in 1955. He was actually 76 years old. They cremated his body but they took his brain and they put his brain in formaldehyde. It literally stayed in formaldehyde until the 80s. And when the 80s came, neurobiologists took gray matter from his brain and they studied it. What was so interesting after taking that gray matter from his brain, it was just... <laughs> A brain. And the good news, folks, every one of us have a brain. Every one of us have thinking capacity. But we have a choice, ladies and gentlemen. We have a choice how we think. I love what William James said, the father of psychology. He said, You can alter your life by altering your attitude. You can alter your life by altering your attitude. A young lady and her mother walked into a department store shopping. And the mother said to her daughter as they walked in, did you see that dirty look the salesman gave me as we entered the store? She said, Mom, he didn't give you that look. You had it before we came in. <laughs> you can't be a smart cookie with a crummy attitude. 
Now listen to me very closely. Good thinking begins with the will. Good thinking begins with the will. Look what the Bible says. Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord sometimes. I'll bless the Lord at all times. You said, Pastor, he wrote that, Psalms 34. Uh, where was he at? Well, you can read 1 Samuel 21, and you can find where he was at. David wrote it. He was running for his life. He was running from Saul. He was hiding out in caves. He didn't know if he'd be alive in the next hour because Saul was literally trying to kill him. While hiding out in caves, while his world was collapsing, while everything was going bad, he said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to think right. I'm going to have a good attitude. When I take groups to Israel, the first place we stop is Caesarea by the sea. We go to Caesarea by the sea, and I explain to them that Paul spent two years here. And I tell them, he spent two years here, but I want you to know he was in prison during those two years. Well, what did he write, Pastor Benny? Well, in Acts 26 and 2, this is what he said. I think myself happy. He was in prison, but I think myself happy. What do I need to do, Pastor Benny? We need to think ourselves happy because Abraham Lincoln was correct. We're just as happy as we make up our minds to be. So we ought to think ourselves happy. Goodwill. Don't begin with your husband. Good thinking doesn't begin with your husband's will. It doesn't begin with your mate's will. Good thinking begins with your will. Let me tell you something. Good thinking flows to your emotions. It flows to your emotions. Now, he started out in verse 1 saying, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. But look what he says in verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. His thinking, what is the soul? It's the mind, the will, and the emotions. His thinking flowed to his soul. Good thinking flows to your soul. See, you're more out to think yourself into a feeling than you are to feel yourself into an action. You don't sing because you're happy. You're happy because you sing. See, good thinking begins with your will, but good thinking flows to your emotions. If you start out thinking right, in a little while you're feeling right. If you start out thinking good, in a little while you're feeling good. But I'll tell you something else. <laughs> Good thinking flows to others. Let's read on. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Good thinking. It may begin with you. It flows to your emotions, but I want you to know it flows to others. 
When we have visitors, there are certain people that I pray, God, if they're visiting, don't let them sit by them. Don't let them sit because I know they don't really want to be here. But folks, when you're, I don't, you, you can, we all worship God different. But there's something about when we have a smile on our face and we're glad to be somewhere and we're involved and we're listening to the preacher and we're not yawning and when we can sing on our toes. Oh, folks, I, I sing good, but I sound bad. But let me tell you something. When we can sing and we're excited about it, I want you to know that flows to other people. Let me tell you something. There was a little bitty boy. His name was David. And uh, there was a giant. He was nine feet, six inches tall. He had an, a bo his body weight was 500 pounds. He had an armor that weighed 150 pounds. I'm talking about a, just a, a man's man. You say, I'm trying to visualize what he would look like. Well, just kind of look at your pastor. <laughs> I'm talking about a man's man. And there was this little boy named David. And David goes down to a brook, the Ayla the, the brook. He goes down there and does what I've done with a bunch of you. And he picks up stones. He picks up five stones. And somebody grabs one of those stones and he starts running toward that giant. And somebody said, David, that giant is so big he could hurt you. And David said, that giant's so big I can't miss. He's so big I can't miss. Let me tell you something. David became king after Saul. Saul killed no giants. Guess how many men in Saul's army killed giants? Zero. The reason why nobody in Saul's army killed giants is because Saul didn't kill any giants. Young people, listen to me. Older people, listen to me. Recycled teenagers, listen to me. Uh, uh, listen, listen to me very closely. You may teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. You may teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. That'd be a good tweet. And folks, let me tell you something. We don't teach what we don't know, and we don't lead where we don't go. David comes along, and he kills the giant. He says, Pastor, were there any giant killers in David's army? Well, if you read in 2 Samuel 21, 16 through 22, there were at least four giant killers in David's army. Why? Because David was a giant killer. I want you to know, folks, good thinking flows to others. Good thinking flows to others. You want to impact other people, think properly yourself. Before 1954, medical science said, it was impossible to run a four-minute mile. It, it can't. The body can't withstand it, science said. But in 1954, a Brit by the name of Roger Bannister ran the four-minute mile. And within one year, 300 others ran the four-minute mile because Roger Bannister produced who he was. Roger Bannister, it flowed from Roger Bannister to others. And folks, God wants it to flow from us to others. Like you're thinking, it begins with you. 
It begins with your will. It flows to your emotions, but then it flows to others. And what I'm preaching about is so important because what I'm talking about good thinking, it determines your relationships with other people. It determines your relationships with other people because you don't see other people as they are. You see other people as you are. You Another tweet, you don't see other people as they are. You see other people as you are. You say, well, Pastor Benny, I just want you to know something. I just want you to know something, Pastor Benny. Uh, 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 you can't trust them. No. No, no. You can't trust them because you can't be trusted. They're out to get everybody. No, no, no. You're out to get everybody. Because your thinking determines your relationships with people. Let me tell you something else. Your thinking many times will determine your success or failure. Your thinking many times will determine your success or failure. Henry Ford was right when he said, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. Let me tell you a, 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 another good Bible story that proves this. Moses was leading the children of Israel into the promised land. He said, I want you spies to go out and spy out the land. He picked 12 of them. He picked 12 of them to go out and spy out the land. And uh, 10 of them come back and say, we've spent 40 days over there. They said, we want you to know there's giants over there. That land's got milk and honey in it. It's got big grapes in it, but there's giants over there, and there's no way we can take that land. And then there's two guys that come back by the name of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb come back, and this is what they say. They're big, but we can take them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're big, but we can handle them. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. We can handle them. They said, but the other ten said they're giants over there. He said they are giants over there, but we can handle them. Look what these verses say. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Now look, only rebel ye not against the Lord, neither fear you the people of the land. <laughs> Them two boys said, they're bread for us. They're bread. They said it's like going to old Charlie's and getting those rows. <laughs> uh, uh, they said, I'll tell you what it's just like. It, it's like going to the Olive Garden and getting those cheese biscuits. They're bread for us. Some of you want me to quit preaching. Listen, I thought about that. They're bread for us. You know what bread will do? Bread will expand you. Bread will cause you to spread. Too much bread, too much spread. Amen? And God showed me something, folks. That giant in your life, listen closely, because this is the best thing I'll say. That giant in your life, if you will allow God, he'll use it to expand you. And you'll never be the same. And what the devil meant for evil, God will turn around and he'll use it for good. What the devil's trying to use to destroy you, God will use to elevate you. What the devil's trying to use to put you down, God will use to lift you up. What the devil's trying to do to get you defeated, the devil, God's wanting to give you victory because of it. You'll never be the person because of that bread. You'll 
you'll never be the person because of that situation. You'll never be the same if you will just allow it to use you, to expand you. Let me tell you something. Every good thing in my life has come out of great pain. Any good thing about me has come out of great hurt because God uses the hurts of our lives to expand us and make us better. I'll tell you what I did. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all that she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and not a word said she, but the wiser I was when sorrow walked with me. Now, here's what I want you to say, Pastor. I wanted to get right here. I wanted to get right here to lay the foundation to preach 45 minutes. Listen, how do we think right? Let, let me give you the points right quickly. How do we think right? Number one, decision. Decision. It begins by saying, you know, perhaps I need to do a checkup from the neck up, and I need to get rid of the stinking thinking because it's causing hardening of the attitude. I, I, I really do. I, I need to do. I need to make a decision. See, the Bible says in Psalms 118, verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. The Lord's made the day, by the way, folks. But my responsibility is to rejoice and be glad in it. See, you're going to get up in the morning. You've got a choice. Good morning, Lord. Or good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> and I read that verse, and I never thought about this. You know, you think, Pastor, that sounds good in, you know, that sounds good in theory. This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, how do we do that, Pastor? I noticed the verse before verse 24. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. You know what I'd recommend? <laughs> what the Bible recommends, by the way. Look at the good things that God is doing and has done in your life. First of all, if you're able to get out of bed, that's a good thing to praise the Lord for. If you can breathe, that's a good thing to praise the Lord for. Do you realize half of our world, folks, half of our world live on less than $2 a day? You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I can't even pay my bills. Well, thank God you're not one of your creditors. Amen? There's always something. There's always something. You make a decision. Now, folks, here's the, here's the most important point. I'm going to give you a most important point. I'm going to preach this point number two. Determine to believe God. So th the whole deal of proper thinking, look, the whole deal of proper thinking boils down to am I, am I going to trust God or not? Am I going to trust God or not? Because it's God's sovereignty that helps me keep my sanity. Be leery of people that are explaining to you why what's happening in your life is happening. No, no, that's, that's not how we live life. We live life by trusting God and leaving, leaving the results to God. Now, there was a man in the Bible who said these words, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God. That is to say, if you love God, God's working all things to your good. That means the accusation. That means the abandonment. That means the adultery. That means the affair. 
That means the assault. That means the death. That means the addiction. That means the sickness. That means the bankruptcy. That means the failure. That means the infertility. That means I'm working all things for your good. God, I don't understand it. I don't understand why that child's tearing my heart out. But you're working all things to my good. Now, let me, when I was a young preacher a couple years ago, when I was a young preacher, I read that verse, all things, and I thought, who wrote that? I know he was inspired by God, all 40 men who wrote it, it was, they were inspired by God, but who wrote that? I was a young Christian, and I found out it was a man by the name of Paul. And I said, let me, let me check this guy out. This is what Paul said. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. If you blasphemed or preached a doctrine that wasn't true, you, you, you got a scourging. Jesus went through it once. This guy went through it five times. Five times the Jews beat him with 39 stripes. Now, wait. Three times I was beaten with rods. That was a Gentile punishment for public disorder. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Now, that's not talking about a late Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> no, it's talking about how they would take stones and they would, they would put, you, put the person in the center, in the circle, and then they would take people and they would stone the person until they died. You say, well, pastor, how did he write it? Well, read the Bible. It happened at Lystra. Remember, at Lystra, they left him thinking he was dead. They stopped stoning him because they said he's dead. No need to stone anymore. But God had another purpose. And by the way, you're immortal till God gets through with you. Till God gets through with you. Somebody says, do you ever worry about getting on an airplane? Let me tell you something. It's more dangerous to ride with Benny Tate than get on an airplane. <laughs> Listen, you ever, you ever worry about getting on an airplane, Pastor Benny? Let me tell you something. I'm immortal till God's through with me. You are too. If God wants me, he don't need an airplane. He can take me in the pulpit. He can take you today if he wants you. We better be right with God. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. Now, wait. This is the guy that said, all things work together for good. All things all things? Let me tell you something, folks. If we're going to get our thinking right, we make a decision, but we determine to believe God. I don't understand everything, God, but I'm going to trust you. I had a flat tire, but you may have been helping me to avoid an accident. I didn't get the job, but God, you were watching over me. God, I got sick and I had to go to the doctor, but they found something in me that they wouldn't have found if I hadn't got sick and got to go to the doctor. I'm a different person. Our marriage is having some problems, but Brother Benny, we went through the problem. God put us back together. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know God's good.
And I know God's going to do what's best for you, ladies and gentlemen. So you make a decision. You determine. And then let me tell you the third thing. You detour from negative thinking. You detour from negative thinking. Did you know, I was, talk, I was reading the other day about lifespans. And I believe you ought to exercise. I believe you ought to eat properly. You said, Pastor, I don't know what's good for me. I don't know what's bad for me. I can help you with that. I really can. Here's the thing. I can help you. I really can. If you put it in your mouth and it tastes good, spit it out. It's not good for you. <laughs> if it tastes terrible, just tear it up. It's good for you. Amen. <laughs> but here's what was interesting. On average, if you have a good attitude... You live seven and a half years longer. Seven and a half years longer. Yesterday, I visited a lady in the hospital, 92. How you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Yeah. Is your husband here? Oh, he's going to be coming. He'll be driving over in a little bit. How old is he? He's 94. What's, what's going on with him? He's trying to get some collards in the ground before he comes. <laughs> she said, I got this picture of you. Two beautiful girls, Barbara and Savannah. And she said, and there you were right in the middle of them. <laughs> I thought, what a great having fun, laughing. Maybe that's why she's 92. Maybe that's why he's sewing collards and then coming to the hospital. And I'm leaving. I meet him. I said, you get your collards sold? Well, preacher, if I don't get some rain, it's not going to matter anyway. I sold the first mess, and, you know, there was just, it was just so dry. I'm hoping and believing I'm going to get some rain, and then we'll have good collards and good turnips. What an attitude, folks. You're just drawn to people like that versus everybody's out to get you. Detour from negative thinking. I, I love the, about the two twins. One of them, and by the way, let me make this injection, folks. I'm almost done. Just because you're in church, just because you're in church and you're a Christian doesn't mean you've got a good attitude. Some of the most negative people I've ever pastored have been in church. Some of the most negative people. I mean, I'm serious. I've known churches that weren't demon-possessed. They were deacon-possessed with some of the most negative deacons. <laughs> Somebody said the preacher's children are the meanest children. It's only because they play with the deacon's children. <laughs> Two little boys. One of them was positive. One of them was negative. They said, we got to do something. Let's see the pastor. Pastor said, you got to get balance. Put him in a room, the one that's positive, give him everything he wants for his birthday. The one that's negative, give him a box of manure and a shoebox. <laughs> they did just that. The one that was so negative said, this wasn't the iPhone I wanted. This wasn't the iPad I wanted. <laughs> they went to the other room. Little boy had the shoebox, throwing balls up in the air. <laughs> he said, with this much manure, there's bound to be a pony around here somewhere. <laughs> Let me give you the fourth step. <laughs> Develop relationships with positive people. 
Develop relationships with positive people. Listen very closely. He that walketh with wise shall be wise. You're the average. This, this is important. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Find out who the five people you spend the most time with and put yourself right in the middle of them because you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if the five people that you spend the most time with are gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark, depression, excessive misery, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, gloom, despair, and agony on me, that's you're going to be gloom, despair, and agony on me. People either pick you up or pull you down. Develop relationships with positive people. And lastly, daily work at it. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 118, verse 24, this is the day. Not this is the week. Not this is the month. This is the day. I don't want to be like a pessimist who died and had on my tombstone, I expected this. You say, Brother Benny, I've enjoyed your message. Thank you. But let me say, Pastor, this whole approach about thinking right, <laughs> good thinking, Pastor, won't last. Neither will bathing. That's why I recommend it daily. This is the day that the Lord hath made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You want to have happy days, get you thinking right. You want to have happy days, get you thinking right. There's a story in the Bible, and I close with it, and I'm done. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they don't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks around midnight. Now, they'd been beaten beyond measure, ladies and gentlemen. Beaten beyond measure. Their hands were in stocks. It wasn't good. It was bad. They didn't know if they were going to live or die. And the Bible says at midnight, and by the way, there'll be some midnights in your life. There'll be some midnights in all of our lives. And at midnight, they started singing praises to God. But look, get this down. The prisoners were listening. The low time in your life, somebody's watching. The low time in your life, somebody's listening. How are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle it when she walked out? How are you going to handle it when the doctor's report's not good? How are you going to handle it when you don't get the job? How are you going to handle it when you lose? Folks, you ought to win or lose with class. Win or lose with class. Win or lose with dignity. Some of these guys get in the end zone act like idiots because they've never been there before. Win or lose with class. But the prisoners were listening. Look. Move on. Suddenly, 
there was a massive earthquake. The prison foundation started to shake. The jailhouse rock before Elvis started to shake. And the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner flew off. Get this, get this. Flew off. Look at these verses. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And immediately he and all his household were baptized. They were listening. They were listening. What is an attitude? It's inward feeling expressed by our behavior. They're listening, folks. They're listening. You can't be a smart cookie if you've got a crummy attitude. You want to have happy days? Start by getting your thinking right. You say, my husband, no, no, let's leave him out of this. You get your thinking right. Happy days begin with thinking. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.